And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode 122 today. Championship recap, draft recap. Your host, CJ Serrao, join alongside me, Commissioner Brandon Kurtzman. And in-house today, we have my father, Tommy Savaro, finals MVP, champion, Matt Esposito, a.k.a. Spo, and captain, champion, quarterback, Mikey Gargano. I'm going to start with Mikey and Spo. How are we doing today, boys? Feeling great. Feeling like a champ. Mm. Feeling amazing. Uh, this championship uh, is still – I'm still celebrating this championship. It feels good. Kurtzman, how are we doing? Um, I'm doing well, man. I'm excited to have them in the house to talk about the game. It was a great game. Um, they both played their hearts out, made huge plays, and uh, it was an exciting one, so I'm excited. Dad? We got champions in the house. I got a lot of questions I got to ask. Oh, you guys did interview today. Yeah. All right. Um, let's start with this. Congratulations to the Bucks. Congratulations to Mikey Spo and everyone else on that team for winning the championship. Congratulations and big shout out to the Packers as well for um, making the championship, playing as good as they did. Pippen, a first year quarterback, stepping up and being quarterback in a season where we definitely needed some. Did a phenomenal job. Shout out to a lot of the new guys in the league on that team. A lot of the guys like Tom Garvey returning, Chase returning. Um, those guys were huge for them this season. So shout out to everyone on the Packers as well. I'm going to start here with this. Um, when you guys, after after week one, Mikey, take me back. After week one, yeah. how confident were you that this team was capable of winning a championship after you guys lost in that week one where you scored, I think, six points? Well, week one, we didn't have two key like players. on. Okay, that's team. true. So I should say week like, two or yeah. week three. Well, no, week two, week one and week two, we were, we were like down like – two guys i think or three guys both weeks so we were in a hole to start the to start the season and uh once we got our full team we won against um who did we beat first our first win jags i think we put up like 28 yeah, points yeah pretty solid game i think that we played well but um yeah we didn't really have it coming together so i wasn't too confident but as the season went on we had most of our team showing up so i mean once we had our full team there, nine guys or more, we didn't let up more than three touchdowns a game. So, I mean, that's a pretty good thing for a flag league. Spo, you've been on a lot of shitty teams. We've had this, we've had the Spokers as as a thing in this league, a narrative. I think this can be a big narrative podcast. There was a narrative going around that if you take Matt Esposito with a high draft pick, your team is going to be ass. You need to get Spo late, they said. Spo is now a champion and was a second round pick, high second round pick for Mikey behind Damian. Uh, Spo, what's what was different about this team compared to the rest of your other teams? Well, like you said, we got off to a slow start, um, but we always knew our defense was our strong suit. Yeah, uh, our defense was throughout the whole year was really, really phenomenal. Um, a couple of teams we lost to, we had some broken plays on our defense, but other than that, we knew our defense was our strong suit. And then once we got the offense rolling, that was it. Dad. How do you feel about the rise of this Bucks team and, you know, the way they, they won the championship? All, all through the year, I've been saying that their offense was non-existent. Uh, I always said that their defense was top-notch, but they couldn't put up the points. And I always thought every game they were in was going to be a, a low-scoring game. If they were going to win, it wasn't going to be by much. But, uh, you know, they, they, they turned it on at the end, and they were putting up points in the playoffs. So uh, they hit their stride at the right time. Uh, thing I want to ask, I, when, I, when I used to play, we used to practice on Thursday nights, and I loved – practice more than like the games because it was time that you know the team bonded we got together we had to practice hung out had a few beers it was great and then we would game plan for sunday what did you guys do different good question when it got to uh you know the finals did you get together and 
So, yeah, on the uh, the Thursday, there was a Thursday night football game, obviously, the Redskins versus Giants, Giants I Giants. think. Yeah, and we all went to Spoh's house. It was me and all my linemen. I had my four linemen. I had Spo, Damian, uh, Rags, and Swags there. And we got some pizza, got some wings, watched some football, and at halftime, we watched some film. At the end of the game, we watched some film. We broke down everything. We game-planned what our starting O would be, starting D would be, when we need it in critical situations, you know what plays we would need in short down, um, what defense we would run in like goal line situations. So we were really game planning that whole night. We were talking pretty much the whole week. We were pretty locked in the whole playoff. <laughs> As Charlie, Charlie's going crazy over here. Spo. Uh, Spo. Well, one, one more thing. Oh. What was, what was the, the, the main game plan against the Packers? What were you going to do differently to stop that team? That, that, uh, what'd you see on film? Do? Yeah. Yes, yeah, 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 let's vote. So we played them, I think it was week seven. Uh, we didn't have Paul. Paul came late, came in the second half. We were down. He came with like three yeah, minutes. He came up with like game. three minutes up. We didn't have TJ <coughs> and we didn't have Rags, I believe. I believe we were missing three. Yeah, we only we had missing six. Three main and we had Joe DeMeo sub, great, great sub. Um, but still, we were down guys and we said we were tied 14 14 at half. And we said, all right, we were missing our three key players. I think we could beat this team. I think we could come in here and we can have our game plan that we've been using throughout the playoffs. And I think we could beat this team. Uh, Mikey was at my house until about 1.30 a.m. I was trying to kick him out, but we were watching <laughs> film all night. So <laughs> that definitely be. helped out. That pays off, right? Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Definitely. Film is, film is huge. I haven't been a big film guy over the years. I think that's why the curse <laughs> was a thing. But uh, Mikey definitely got me into film and studying their game plan and everything like that. So yeah. I, I want to get Kurtzman in here. It's been like 10 minutes since he spoke. <laughs> Kurtz, as it's tough being the only person who's not in the room. Um, no, it's okay. Um, I was kind of letting you and your dad do the interview, but I do have one question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to interject. You got to get yeah, yourself involved. No, 100%. No, but you guys are having a good conversation. Um, one thing that we always talk about when drafting teams in this league is you have to hit on your lower round picks. Mm. And uh, I heard Mikey after the game screaming how Swag's rags melvin molina were his last round three three of his last four round picks and those guys were three of the most key factors to this championship run mikey talk about those three guys there you go chris Good um, yeah absolutely i want to give a huge shout out to all three of these guys um swags in the eighth round rags in the ninth round and melvin in the tenth round i had swags and rags as my starting center and right tackle respectively and i mean it was every game, eight games out of the season. They were there every single game. Rags showed up to every practice. Swag showed up to every practice. Um, they were literally the most dedicated guys on the team, and they made a huge impact, and it really showed this year. Um, Rags was one of the only guys that I couldn't get back on my own team because he went so early. He went in the fourth round, and yeah, big shout-out to him because of how great he played, you know. Um, Melvin, big step up in the playoffs. You know, we were missing a player in each of our games and it was a skill guy and we really needed somebody to step up at corner. And Mel really stepped in and played well. Um, he didn't have any really big mishaps, you know. They couldn't really target him because we we played our defense to a uh, to a scheme where you just can't really target anybody. You know, we have a great defense. And on top of that, we trusted him. You know, he was, he was also one of the guys that was at every practice. So, we trusted him to go out there and just make plays. You know, he always had that fire in his eyes whenever he came to play, you know, young scrappy kids. So shout out yeah. to all my guys, you know, no, for sure. And I need to hit on at least one more draft pick that you absolutely killed fifth round pick Paul Carter, who throughout the, the, the end, the end of the regular season to, or no, I'll call it the middle of the regular season. You moved him from line to receiver and 
you just couldn't take him off the field because he was literally playing so well for you. He came, became basically your number one target, and he became a menace on defense. So he moves up from fifth round to third round this year. You had to trade for him. Just talk about Paul Carter. Um, yeah, Paul Carter was drafted in the fifth round because I played with Bama for one game last year at quarterback, and he was my center, and he gave me perfect snaps the whole game, didn't mess up one snap, held blocks all game. He did great. And I brought him in for my team. He snapped for the first two or three games. Um, we were losing pretty bad in one of our games, and he comes back to the huddle, and he hands me the ball, and he goes, I'm going out to wide receiver. And I looked at him, and I go, what? He goes, throw me the ball. I said, Okay. So he went out there. I handed the ball to Rags. Rags was the center from there on out. Paul Carter became my wide receiver one. And um, I mean, yeah, the guy bailed me out in so many situations this year. I can't really uh, I can't really put like a an emphasis on how important he was to this team. A fifth round pick. I mean, and the value that he had to this team, the DN, he was our lead. He was our lead sacker, I think, on the team until until Damian had nine in the last week of the season. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, he played great. I mean, he was my lead receiver also. I mean. I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't value my players enough. They played great in the end of the season. I wanted to uh, to transition to the game itself here, to the actual game Absolutely. where Spo dominates and wins a Finals MVP here. Um, Dad, I'll start with you. Why was this Spo's moment? Why did he play so well in this game? Spo's been great since he, you know, stepped on the field the first game he ever played in this league. Uh, he was waiting for the right situation. What I think with this team, the thing that impressed me most when they got into the playoffs was. Uh, play calling and execution. Execution was unbelievable. On those bubble screens, Spo was getting out from the line, taking out either a linebacker or a corner. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was perfect execution. And that's why these plays, they, they, were, they were huge. That's why they worked. When you hurt your hand in, in the semifinals mm-hmm. and you really didn't want to, I guess, throw the ball deep, you were throwing those screens. And you were getting like 20, 25 yards a clip. It was, it was unbelievable. Uh, that's just it. And I told you, keep the sign. Go, uh, play calling is phenomenal. And like I said, execution was the, was the main thing. Uh, specifically in the championship game, Spo, um, what do you feel? Why do you feel like you played so well? Why, like, was it just, was it the scheme? Was it, I knew exactly what I needed to do. I watched film for the first time type of thing. Big <laughs> players make big plays yeah. in big yeah. moments, yeah. baby. That's why. So I want to give a shout out to the rest of the line. Um, when you have Damien on the other side of the line, uh, well, he was playing nose guard, actually. I think, like you said, on the way yeah. here, putting Damien at nose guard was the best thing they ever did. Um, when you got him rushing, you got Paul Carter rushing, two elite rushers on the other side, forcing Pip to come my way, forcing Garvey to come my way. I mean, that's all I could ask for, really. And mm. most of the times they were right in front of me and I had to make a big play. Um, I give all the credit to them. Uh, we had a great defensive line this year. I'm looking forward to throwing it back again. Media trained answer. That was like a professional media trained answer. Gave gave the credit to the teammates and everything. That was that was the right, Christmas. That was uh that was very oh, that like, was like amazing. Interview before. That was amazing. Taking his Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> first, I, first, I'd like to thank God. Yeah. And then my offensive line. <laughs> no. Um, it's funny that they say that uh moving Damien to nose guard was the best thing they ever did because that was also what we did with Wyoming with him. Was that also and the best with, thing you ever did? <laughs> yeah, literally, it was the best thing I ever did. Also, um, he just creates so much havoc in the middle, which forces quarterbacks to roll one way or the other. And Spo is one of the better flag grabbers in the league. He made so many um, big ones where if Garvey gets around him or um, is able to evade him, it's it's either a big gain or it's. I know there was a big fourth down play where Spo gets him at the line of scrimmage. Two plays earlier before that, I think he had a, a big sack on Garvey when he was forced to roll out. Um, Spo was an absolute animal in this game. 
topped it off with a huge pick six. Um, listen, guys who usually bring the energy in this game in, in our league are usually dominant players. Spo brings more energy than most on the field when he steps on the field and he was in the right spots at the right moments. And you can't ask for anything more than just playing the game enough to know where to be. And he made all the plays for the, for the bucks. Let's not forget. He led this league in, in touchdowns when you didn't he? Yeah, listen, Spo is a, cha- a jack of all trades. Kirsten said he wasn't a lineman, right? Kirsten said he wasn't a lineman. <laughs> I only played three games at line and I was giving Kirsten crap for not making it. Listen, I think, I think that Spo was so selfless by saying, all right, I know I could dominate a receiver, but this team needs me to be the fourth lineman. I go in, step in at line. Mikey still finds the way to kind of get me the ball in certain moments. If for some reason no one can grab Spo's flag, he just runs straight. Um, doesn't make doesn't make any move doesn't make any movements with his hips. Just runs straight, and no one can grab his flag. Um, like I said, spoke dominated this game on both sides of the ball, and um, he's just as important as any guy on this team to winning this championship. But let's talk about the game a little bit. Yeah. Um, started off with an interception, Mikey. Uh, I'm assuming that was obviously a scripted play where you fake the screen left and throw back right. Safety didn't really bite. You threw into a two on one. Was that just you were throwing it no matter what? Uh, yeah, I was throwing that. I was throwing that no matter what. But okay, that, that, listen, that's fine. You took a shot at the beginning of the game. I love the shot. Obviously, Isaiah Copes picks it off. I'm looking at this game thinking, wow, Packers out momentum immediately. Um, how do you stay so composed in that moment? <laughs> yeah, Kurt, um, Kurt was asking for himself. He needs to learn how to stay composed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I threw the pick. I walk over to Spo, and he goes, eh, happens. I go. Sorry, we'll get it back. And we right. super calm about it. Love he it. said something really calm to me, and usually in big moments like that, I get pretty riled up. I get pretty mad about things. And like, yeah. I get to keep no. my own head, but you, I get to off some you, you guys literally got to stop immediately, got the ball right back. So it, it didn't it didn't change anything in the game. Um, you guys come down and score. TJ Angstad, toe-tap TJ. Mm-hmm. One of the best catches you'll see, honestly. Um also an amazing ball by you offensive line, just giving you time. You guys moved methodically down the field. Um, it was a hard fought game, defensive battle. Did you know it was going to, you, you assumed it was going to be that kind of game coming in? Um, yeah, we told the team the whole week that we were going to win this game off of defense. Uh, their defense is really good. They're pretty much just like us. So we pretty much said that we were going to win it off of a defensive, like score, whether it be a safety on one of their first plays because Joe likes to run around in the backfield or, He's going to huck up one of those ducks and we're going to get good field position. And yeah, it's kind of crazy. Your defense was so dominant. Um, the only big play they had the entire game was the Joe Pep 42-yard run where he just inexplicably drops the ball. He was trying to showboat um, at the end. At the three-yard line. What? He was trying to showboat, I think. Yeah, yeah, he was. And then I see Vingargano on the film run a 4-4 across the field to talk shit to Joey. Um you guys played a phenomenal defensive game. I really can't say enough about that. The only big play they had was that huge Joe Pip run. They looked discombobulated. Damien was honestly um, shitting on whoever he went against on the defensive line. Rags was getting in very quickly. Um, and then I feel like once Joe Pip came out of the game because of his shoulder injury right after the pick six, um, I feel like there was no, I didn't have any doubts you guys were going to finish the job. Let's get back to the interception, the first one. Mikey's not the kind of guy that dwells on, on mistakes. I think he knew after that it wasn't going to be a problem because he trusted his defense. So I, I don't think it was – there's never any panic in his game or on that team, and that's a credit to that whole team. 
Yeah, I had a uh, I had a huge confidence boost from my team right after my pick. On the first play after the pick, we got a 12-yard sack. So we put him right back into position as if we just punted. So it was second and 20 from there on out, and it was just like it was a new drive. So momentum was shifted right back to even, and we were able to go. play our game. Anything else, Chris? No, I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, there were really only a few – a handful of big plays in this game. Both defenses were calling out plays that the offense was running. I saw one play, the whole line shifts over. Mikey's calling out exactly where the, where they try to run the ball. They make a play. Um, I just feel like it's, it's great when you see the playoffs and how, on how um, focused both teams come in and how prepared both teams are. Like I said, both teams were calling out the other team's plays. Um, Joe Pibb just happens to do the one thing that he really didn't do all season, which was turn the ball over Spo right there for the huge pick six. The Bucks were turned up. There were fans going in the dog pile. Justin Farrar was in there with the Bucks <laughs> celebrating. Um, and it really felt like there was no moment where the Packers felt like alive. I'd be we'd be remiss not to talk about the drop. <laughs> um, Chase comes in at quarterback after Garvey throws two interceptions and honestly puts one right on Joey's hands in the end zone. You'd think Joey, one of the best receivers in the league would come down with this ball and, t- and they'd be up in the game 13 to 12, but drops it. Got to live with that one. Um, you guys, Mikey makes a pass break up on the fourth down play and the celebration was on Neil one time and champs. Why, why aren't we talking about the fact that the Packers used three quarterbacks in the game? I, I, I don't see the, the, the chemistry or the continuity of, of well, switching. Well, Joey, Joey couldn't throw. Joey couldn't throw. Got hurt, then he went to Garvey and then from Garvey he went to Chase. Yeah. Well, I guess – I guess they felt – all right, so after Joey gets hurt and can't physically throw the ball, you move him to the receiver, and then I feel like maybe the team felt Chase on the line was better than Chase at quarterback. Obviously, it didn't play out that way, but that's a situation I doubt you're prepared for in the yeah, moment for the quarterback to, to get hurt in what? this type of setting. Why did um, Joe get hurt? I don't, I don't see that. On the, on the pick six, when he dove for close flag, he landed on his shoulder. Okay, crashed um, into Kurtzman. Almost yeah, crashed into me on the sideline. Maybe that affected he, him on the on the drop pass. He no, it 100% could have. He really couldn't. felt like he couldn't get his arm like where it needed to be. But nonetheless, Bucks are champs. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Champ. Congratulations, Mikey and Spo. Can I just give a huge shout-out to the Packers before we end this? Yeah. I mean, uh, that was absolutely a great game. One of the hardest games I've ever been a part of in a flag football game. It was an absolute chess match. Like you said, Chris, when they were literally calling out our plays. Every single time I lined up on the ball, if we were in a specific formation that we ran certain plays out of, he knew he called out two plays while we were at the line of scrimmage and knew what Who's we were Pip and uh, Matthews. They're both calling out our plays, and we have nothing that we can do except try and execute with them knowing what we're doing. Exactly. And we were doing the same thing right back at them. And it was just, it was a very stressful 40 minute game. I could tell you that much. Yeah. Cause communication is just so high in these games. So you're hearing it on the field and on the sidelines, even though, listen, there were, there had to be over a hundred people at that game. Um, that was a great crowd, big moments. Um, but you heard both teams, like you said, calling out each other's plays and just being so prepared to the point where, like you said, you line up in a certain formation and they knew what you were running. Yeah, great game. Yeah, it was a great game. Great game. Great game, boys. Great job. Congratulations. All right. I think this is the part of the podcast where we transition to – Mike, the- you what? Sorry, before you – before Mike, you finished, what, 5-0? and oh, You won your last two other season games and then three straight playoff games? Or 
four. Well, four straight playoff games. We, we won, won our last against the football team, which was a battle. Yeah. Um, and then we won four straight. Yep. So five straight wins, yep. uh, six of your last seven to end the season. That, that that's that's impressive, man. Um, capped off, capped off our uh, only loss in that mix in the championship against. Them. Yeah, hundred percent. And your revenge, the only loss. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great season, boys. That was yeah. and now a great bit of the story. They got the championship DNA now, so they're going to try to carry it over into this season. Coming Do up. we have championship hangover? <laughs> um, you just better hope that he doesn't predict you to, to win another game, <laughs> to win every game. I told Tommy, I told Tommy yeah. he can't pick against us ever again. He, Look, he, can't he can't pick you. Can't you. Pick, can't pick, you. Pick, pick, you can't pick you. Yeah, he can't pick us ever again. Yeah, he so can't pick you. I was going to say that I picked the Bucks in every single playoff game. You <laughs> did. You did. Just, just, just throwing that out there. Good. Pulse, Mr. Pulse of the League. Uh, I think the Pulse is dead. Yeah. The Pulse oh, is horrible. Dead. I was absolutely horrible. <laughs> you need some CPU. Terrible, terrible season. Yeah, you're, season. Yeah, you're, you're pulling, your pulse wasn't there this season. New <laughs> season. I'm not allowing the championship hangover. Scrimmage on Saturday. All right. <laughs> Woo! Right guys, guys. Draft, draft exactly. recap. Let's work from top to bottom here, Kurtz. We'll start Trevor Garland's team, Boston College. Okay? I'll read the roster for you. Make comments as you wish. Mike Oliva, Mike Kaka, Alex Kaka, Will Saba, TJ Brown, Randy Myers, Chris Valinati, Thompson, but Colin Thompson, Colin Thompson, Colin Thompson, and I do not know how to pronounce this name. I apologize. But Kim, oh, Drayton's cause, you know, okay. Kurtz, how do you feel about that squad? Um, love their weapons. Oliva, Will Sabba coming back after a season off, and TJ Brown, who was sleeper of the year. Um, a line of, I imagine, the Kalka brothers and Randy Myers, and then you have. Good back end athletes in Beckham, Colin Thompson, and Chris Valinati, who's now playing in his third season. Should be a well rounded team. Trevor was amongst the league leaders in most or all passing categories. So you imagine he's going to be getting Michael Leva, Will, and TJ the ball often. Um, they have a good, well rounded team. They, they have some good athletes. And as long as they buy into Trevor and just don't be like the Bengals in terms of getting on him as soon as he is not playing his best ball, they should be all right. Anyone else comment? Yeah. 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 I just want to say, uh, I think, I do think Trevor's a good quarterback. I think that he could be a good captain. And I think that if his team rallies around him, instead of getting on him, like Kurtzman said, I think that he, he could really lead this team to a successful season. I like the pick of Oliva. He was the offensive player of the year. Yeah. I was a little shocked. I heard rumors that he was taking Liam with his first pick. That's, yeah, that's, I did, that's, I did hear that. So that's that's your the rumors? Was that's, 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 that was the rumor going around. But, you know, nonetheless, you know, you don't lose with a leader. He's a great player. So, well, uh, yeah, I also just want to touch on the fact that Trevor's a captain. Uh, last year, his teammates were getting on him a lot. Um, he's a kid from Madawan as well, played, played in the Madawan football system. Uh, I think he has, definitely has the capability to be a leader. Um, he just has to, you know, be more vocal and actually be a leader. Um, not saying he wasn't a leader last year, but really take control of his team this year. Matt, you should big, big Matawan football system so shout he's out. Right there. He's got to be vocal. He's got to let his team know what, you know, what they're doing right and wrong. Yeah, good, exciting squad. I think Trevor's super talented. I think he could be like a, like a little Tommy Galante ish and, you know, have a season where he could possibly win an offensive player of the year like Tommy did. If, you know, if he, if he plays well and, you know, gets guys like Michael Leva super involved. We saw with, you know, the success that it brought the Panthers this year, throwing the ball to Michael Leva a lot. I would assume Trevor saw that and wants to do the same thing. Kurtz, we'll move on to your team here, Washington. Brandon Kurtzman-led squad. Um, Mike Danino, Matt Marola, Ryan Moore, Chris Johnson, Dean Rovantini, 
Davon Kennedy or Devon Kennedy, excuse me, Scott Thompson, George Hunkle, Chris Walton. Kurtz, how do you feel about your squad, dude? Um, all right, disclaimer before we start talking about every squad, every squad in a 12 team team is 12 team league is going to be somewhat loaded. So I'm going to say a lot of these teams are well balanced and have some good linemen and have some good receivers because yeah, these, this is the lowest number of teams we've had in, in, a while. Seasons, in the last three seasons. We've had 14, 14, and now we're at 12. So the, yeah, so you're seeing teams have much better ones and twos at both line and receiver instead of maybe only having yes, you're one seeing good juice or yeah. So so there's gonna you're, I'm gonna say a lot of these teams are well balanced or they have a lot of weapons or they're strong offensive line because that's going to be about the majority of these teams. So with that being said, um, line of Marola, Morgan, Dean, I'm confident in that to protect me. I think Morik is a great lineman for me for the last three seasons. Um, Marola season off. I'm hoping that rejuvenates his career <laughs> and Dean didn't get didn't play a lot last season, so I'm I'm they're they're ready to go. They just need to get us back in the groove of things and trying to get a practice or a scrimmage organized. I love Chris Johnson when I saw out of him last year with the Ravens. I feel like I'll be able to take his game the next step as him being my number two receiver. And then guys like Devon, Scott, George, and Chris Wallen, they're just gonna be athletes and fill in the rest of the spots and make the plays that the flag grabs make the um the little plays and do the, the little things for our team to keep it going and keep the engine rolling. Dad, how do you feel about Kirschman's Rampo team? Yeah, they're doomed. You got Matt Marola and Kirschman. They just don't win rings. So it's oh, wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm fucking wow, with you. No, I like that. Keep that. Keep that your statement. Keep that your statement. <laughs> Listen, Kirschman's competitive every year. He puts together good teams. He's a great GM as, as well as a, a great player. Is he? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think he's on the hot seat. Well, he had a Listen, I'm not putting it on him last year. He, he lost his best receiver in Mike due to work for a lot of a lot of games. Um, we have an alleged, up. we have an alleged fully committed Mike Danino this season. I was about to say we got a fully committed Danino yeah. this year. I don't see how they don't succeed at least yeah. somewhat this yeah. year. He had a great player in Jack who, you know. No, we're not talking about last season. Talking about this. Season. I promise you, my team will be way better than it was last season. Okay. Spo, you have any comment on that? No, I think it's more because our chemistry. Oh. We just we trust each other on the field. I trust all these guys. I know all these guys' capabilities on the field, and I know what to expect from them. So I'm going to be prepared, going to be ready to go, and you'll see a different a different team come out. We won. Spo, any comment on Kurtzman's team? Sure, Kurtzman always drafts a very similar team to what he's had in the past. I think this year uh, with a full Mike Danino, like you said, and I think Marola coming back is going to be huge. I think he's going to give it his all for Kurtzman. So I think they're going to have a pretty solid team this year. All right, this year. let's go to the next team here. Oaksterdam. I don't know what the hell that is, but <laughs> <laughs> Oaksterdam. Uh, Duroc's team. You got Liam, Rhett, Tim Howard, Liam Knowles, excuse me. Tim Howard, um, Just Santiago, Xavier X, Chris Hunter, Hader Abbas, Ali Ahmed Shah, and Jaden Ferdinand. Kurtzman, how are we feeling? Um. I, I, I like the value of some of the guys. Like I love X in the fifth round. X is a very experienced flag football player. Um, just knows what to do out there. And it's a good flag grabber. Late round pick that should have been drafted probably a little bit higher. Um, Santiago makes a huge jump from the last round last year to the fourth round this year. Santiago's um, draft stock just fluctuates. Yeah, it does fluctuate. Um, he Listen, he's a guy who snaps the ball well can catch it when it's thrown to him and he knows his role. He's a center. He blocks for you. Um, he's a block first lineman. That's very important in this league. 
Um, Chris Hunter is one of Jarrock's friends who's a lineman, refs in the G League, playing in our league this year. Um, he's another guy with just like football experience. I haven't even talked about Liam and Tim Howard, who are two explosive receivers. If you don't know who Tim Howard is, he was on the Redskins, uh, the football team with Tommy Galante last year. He, him and Tommy were the only stable pieces of that team. They went off weekly. Um, I'm excited to see him in offense with Jarrock. And the rest of the team, Hater moves up from the ninth Hater. round to the seventh round. Playoff Hater Boss gets a two-round jump. Um, Ali Ahmed Shah has the veteran third year in the league. And Jaden Ferdinand's former Obridge football player. Don't know what to expect from him, but football experience. So he'll know exactly where to be on the field. Dad, love a lot of guys in this team. Uh, Hater Boss is one of my favorite players. He's there every game, watches every single game, every, knows every player in this league. Uh, I'm sure he's got a, a book full of notes on everybody. Jarrock, uh, I just want—I want to see him as dedicated to this league as he is to the G League. He's <laughs> showing up every game. I need—I need Jarrock I need there. He makes the league better. He's got to be playing every game. Can't take days off. Can't come in late. He's got to show up. He's got to put in the time. He's got to put in the work. Spo, Mikey. Uh, I'm just—I'm always a big fan of Jarrock's teams. I just like watching Jarrock play, so I'm always a big fan of his team. And now that he has a line and he has somebody to run behind, I mean, I don't see why he doesn't have a good team this year if he shows up he's got liam he's got tim howard and he's got x i'm also a big fan of x he's gonna be a wide receiver three uh, he's gonna play anywhere on the defense he's a great player um yeah i mean this team seems very well rounded his team last year was five and oh before they lost four in a row to end their season so it was just because they didn't show up and yeah they I mean, it, when he has his full team there whenever he has a full squad and he has a full line he always succeeds so always a big fan of Jarrock teams yeah, I mean, I just think Jarrock is – I think Jarrock's team's always going to be good as long as Jarrock's playing. I say all the time – Jarrock's like Lamar Jackson in the league. Like, he can just make everyone miss on any given play. It's He's probably one – him or Justin, hardest – or IB, three hardest flags to pull in the league. So uh, – I'm spot. I'm spot. I, I just <laughs> – Mikey said that under his breath. So, yeah, that's going to be – that's going to be an exciting team. We always look forward to a Jarrock-led team. Let's go to the next team here, Kurtzman. Oklahoma State. Justin Ferrara playing captain, not playing quarterback. I don't know what the hell it is. Should be playing quarterback. They got Leota on this squad. You got IB on this squad. Uh, Joe Malozzi, Jason Ramos, Devon Spann, John Guzman. You got fucking Augie with one shoulder, Eddie Chandler, and Kwanzaa Harper. Um, I'll say this. I was really looking forward to Justin playing quarterback. I didn't know he was going to take Leota. I think Leota's going to be the quarterback for this squad. IB and Justin at wide receiver is going to be super dynamic. You know their defense is going to be crazy with anytime you have IB and Justin on the field defensively. Um, I'm a huge fan of Joe Joe Malozzi's Instagram. I think <laughs> I think I think his stories are funny every day. So he's got to go to DJ some night before. No, I think I, I just think crack, crack, kid cracks me up. Um, Jomo Jomozi goes, yeah, I was sold on this league once I saw everyone smoking blunts on the sidelines. <laughs> um, I like uh, I like this team, you know, and Leota, we love that quarterback for the majority of last season until his team kind of fell off and tailed off the end of the season. But people, you know, obviously you guys, have, a lot of you have seen Mbimbo play, you know, Anthony Bimbo play quarterback. What you don't understand is that he's probably the first or second best wide receiver in the league as well. Kid has the best hands in the league, doesn't drop a ball. When he has the ball in his hands, he's electric. You know how impossible it is to pull his flag. So um, they're going to be super exciting to watch cards. Yeah, no, this is a dynamic squad. Um, if you come into this game, a game against them unprepared, you will lose 50-0. Um, 
I'm going to say that now. If you do not come into the game against Oklahoma State prepared and with a game plan of some sort, you might still lose 50 nothing, but at least you were prepared. <laughs> that. No one saw the collusion here about this this whole draft going down? Yes. Yeah, well, listen. I mean, other people could have taken the We would have the first pick last year was going to take Justin. Justin didn't want to play for him, so we had to trade the pick. There was no – it was – Wait, I'm not these, done yet. No, I'm not done me yet. Chris been Championship about game. Championship game. You had I'd be on the sideline with Justin. Who shows up to hang out with them? There it is. It was the order. The order. Yeah. <laughs> They're talking about the draft. They're getting together. Listen, I know what was going on. That there was never a plan for anyone to quarterback that team, but Leota. Yeah, wasn't right. that was uh, that was their plan? I don't know if that's collusion. Oh no! Well, no. It's the fact that you know what, just I'm going to take a team to say I'm going to play quarterback. No, that was he never played, happening. He, yeah, he played quarterback. Never happening. IB, I'll take IB. He'll be my nah. IB wasn't going to quarterback me either. Yeah, no, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't going to happen. So, Spo, Mikey. <laughs> no comment. Uh, yeah, don't really have much comment. Obviously, it's a stacked team. Uh, a lot of people are going to think that we're going to have the target on our back, but I think Oklahoma State's going to have the target on their back to start the year. Oh, IBC, IB and yeah. Justin always have the target oh, on their back. Yeah. Justin and IB yet again colluding to get the first overall pick. These people need to stop trading them the pick. Yeah. Just that, it's that yeah, me and Chris really, said it's that simple. Go. I mean, really, yeah, all then, when I take away, then when I take away trading, they say, oh, let's take away trading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else, Mikey? Yeah, in the, in the end, I mean. They just keep trading up to the one spot to keep losing. So wow. <laughs> they'll fold in the playoffs again. All right. Um, Kurt, real quick. I have to take a break really fast. We're going to do a part two of the podcast here in about 10 minutes. So everyone just tune back in for part two of the podcast.